everyone, I'm Rachel Poli with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. We're on episode 48, and this week's question is, which social media platform is the best for writers? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. If you enjoy our episode, please give it a like. Now, there's a ton of social media on the vast internet. We're not going to talk about all of them, of course, because that take up a lot of time. So we're only going to discuss the ones that we personally have experience with. But I also want to add a quick disclaimer to take our words with a grain of salt. One social media platform may work well for one writer, but not for another. Everyone's marketing and engagement is totally different, as well as their audience. So these are just a few things we've noticed on different platforms. First up is Twitter. Obviously, I assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you recognize the Merry Writer from Twitter. The Before we had the podcast, the Merry Writer started off as a Twitter game created by Ari. Hashtag the Merry Writer if you want to join and you haven't joined yet. Uh, but with that said, there are so many different hashtag games on Twitter that's catered for writers. There's the Merry Writer, there's hashtag writerly, WIP chat, hashtag s'more words, hashtag indie avengers and hashtag author confessions and the and basically what these are the hashtag games is every single day there's a different question or prompt and writers answer it and engage with one another and they chit chat and these questions can be anything from you know the writer themselves or their current work in progress and overall twitter just has a really huge writing community I mean, for me, like, I really don't follow too many people on Twitter, all things considered, like the amount of people that are actually on Twitter. But if you just go into the search bar and type in hashtag writing community or hashtag am writing, you'll find so many writers, whether they're indie authors or traditionally published, or they're not yet published, or they're content writers or editors or just everything in between. And I have to say the writing community as a whole on Twitter is pretty supportive of one another. I haven't seen too much negativity. Uh, We're all, you know, everybody's supportive of one another. We all care about, you know, boosting somebody's book if they just recently published it and things like that. So in that sense, Twitter is a great platform for writers because you can meet so many other people, whether they write in your genre or not. I wholeheartedly agree. Twitter is really awesome for writers. As Rachel said, it has a really good, strong sense of community and support. And I think writers need that. I mean, we spend a lot of our time alone. So having the ability to connect with people who know what you're going through. And like like Rachel said, you can use hashtags like I'm writing. And if you want to like pare down and want to think, I only want to speak to fantasy writers, you can put hashtag I'm writing fantasy. And it's so easy to find writers because they're just everywhere. And we, as writers, I think we, we really like using our hashtags. I see so many tweets like full of writer hashtags. Yes. <laughs> it's like write, writing life, writer life, you know, writing community, writers community, writers group. There's loads. You can, you can find tons of people. A lot of people also put the hashtag writer in their bio. And I think, I think Twitter works really well because it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. You've got the supportive part of the community where you can meet other writers, you can play games, you can 
talk about your books, you can share your links, you can find guest posts, you can find guest posters, you know, just things like that. But also it is a marketing tool, you know, you've got a banner, you've got an avatar, you've got a bio, slap up your book cover, slap up details and links about your about your upcoming books in your bio. I mean, the first thing I do, if anyone follows me, I always go onto their bio. I never just follow for follow because I don't want a lot of people who've got nothing to do with anything I'm interested in. So I always make sure that they're at least mostly a writer. I mean, obviously I've followed some others if it's something I'm really interested in, but I always see if they're a writer, what sort of writer they are and have a quick look through their timeline, see what sort of feed they have. Obviously, if that person is literally every every tweet is buy my book, here's my book. Have you got my book? This book is great. I'm not interested. If their feed is full of other people's books doing that, I'm not as that's a bit more okay because at least there's a point. But I find that the best writers out on Twitter are the ones that really do engage. They're the ones that talk about their work. They're the ones that talk about other people's work. They're the ones that share random silly memes. They're the ones that are willing to you know chit chat back and forward back and forward with you and i have got to be i have found so many guest posters on 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 twitter i would just go i would find people who wrote certain things that i I thought was interesting or they'd talk about something they'd done and i think that is a really good idea for an article and i'd reach out on twitter ask them if they'd be interested and nine times out of ten oh yeah that's great and you get this wonderful connection. I'd never found that with a lot of the other social media sites. I find that people are more likely to respond on Twitter. They're more likely to reply to DMs on Twitter. As long as A, you're not spamming them. B, you're not being creepy. Please don't do that. You know, just make sure you're genuine with what you're asking. You're not doing anything creepy, sending you know, weird comments or anything. And obviously check if they do accept DMs because not everybody does. And that, and um, obviously there's a lot of um, Friday follows, hashtag Friday follow or hashtag FF. And a lot of writers do that, which gives you more exposure to other writers. So yeah, I think, I think Twitter is a great place to find your writing tribe. Well, that's actually one of the great things about Twitter is the ease of use, because there's really not much to it. The tweets are simple and they're short. It's what, 240 characters now, I think. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's short and sweet, but you can share images, you can share videos. The only downside to it is that it's not the best marketing platform. Yes, you can retweet and share other people's books and things like that, and you can do so for yourself, whether it's a blog post, a book, or, you know, anything. But the average lifespan of a single tweet is 18 minutes. So the thing with that is, if you want that tweet to last longer than 18 minutes, you need to give something of value. You need to have some sort of engagement with your followers. If people retweet it, if people like it, if people comment, you need to comment back and you got to keep that conversation going. So Twitter is an awesome platform for writers and you can easily join the writing community but it does take a lot of work. Even though it is user-friendly and pretty simple, it does take a lot of work and it's it's fast paced. I mean, 18 minutes, that's nothing. I mean, they do say you can obviously repeat tweets because things obviously don't last. And obviously mm-hmm. you've also got the issue of time zones, but it is a balancing game. The last thing you want to do is, is, is repeat a tweet like 15 times in a day. It's like, uh, no, maybe two or three or four 
maximum if you if you really spread it out you can get away with that because obviously as i said time zones play a part so if you put something on at eight in the morning you might catch people seeing it if you put something on at eight in the evening a different set of people will see it so you know um and obviously do try and mix things up 18 minutes is right i think ones with images might last a bit longer but even by then i think it's only like 24 minutes so it's not even that much yeah. more but I think we are still quite visual. So throwing the odd picture in, especially if you're talking about your writing, I think that works best. You know, whether it's um, an image specific to your book, whether it's the cover, whether it's um, an aesthetic, or whether it's just a random stock picture that kind of connects, that is a really good way of, of kind of getting more um, engagement because people really do connect with pictures better. And a good picture will catch their eye enough to read the comment. So, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. And speaking of pictures, I think that's a good segue into going into Instagram, which is all pictures. And Instagram is different from Twitter. It's not, I mean, I'll be, I'm going to seem really biased right now. I prefer Twitter over Instagram. But Instagram is a lot of fun and you can have fun with your feed because it is all pictures. If you go onto somebody's profile, you will see a lot of people with some really nice feeds, whether they have a certain color scheme or their images are, um, you know, more graphic design as opposed to like real life photography or anything like that. People can have a lot of fun with it. And similar to Twitter, there is a bio you can only have the one link in your bio. Um, when you post an image on Instagram, yeah, you can have a caption and there are plenty of hashtags you can use. I think Instagram likes it when you have about 11 hashtags per image. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of the hashtags are the same as Twitter, you know, writing community and writing, but there's also writers of Instagram, authors of Instagram, uh, book bloggers of Instagram, uh, and then, oh, and then Instagram is, has a really big reading community. Like you could just type in hashtag bookstagram and so many cool book feeds will pop up. So in terms of finding a writing community on Instagram, I feel like there's more of a reading community on there than writers. Obviously it balances out, but if you want to look for book bloggers, I think Instagram is your best bet over Twitter. And also there, there are some things that you can do with Instagram to like add to your feed. Uh, there's a website called link in bio. So that way, when you post an image on Instagram, you can link it to an outside source, whether it's a blog post or your Amazon link for your book, for example. And that link in bio will actually be the link in your bio. It'll just bring you to a separate website with your Instagram feed and you can easily click on the pictures. And that's nice. But it is an extra step, whereas like on Twitter, you can easily just look at somebody's tweet and boom, there's the link right in the tweet and you know where it's taking you and the person can add a caption saying where it's going and things like that. Whereas Instagram, they have to click on all of these things. So I find Instagram is pretty to look at, but it's not as user friendly. Yeah, I agree. Um, that that LinkedIn part that's great if I think if you're a blogger or if you make YouTube videos that way if your feed is all like blog posts if you only do a few uploads to Instagram that are connected to maybe an outside link 
you're kind of wasting that one chance of a link. So the other option is Linktree, where that is a, if you haven't heard of Linktree, it's a free option where you create like a little page that has numerous links on. So you could put your website, your blog, your YouTube channel, your Twitter, your Facebook, your links to buy your book, you know, all the different places. And then you put the link to Linktree into your bio. That way, if people want to go read your blog, they just click the Linktree and it takes them to the page and then they've got all the links they can use. There have been a few issues with that because in the past, I believe Instagram started flagging Linktree as spam and not letting them work, but I believe that's been fixed, but just keep an eye. I think with Instagram, like Rachel said, it is very visual. So, and because most of us are quite visual people, it's, it can be really good for creating aesthetics, for building a, a curated brand that is noticeable. Like, like the idea of having the color scheme. I, I get such Instagram envy looking at some of these writers and, and book bloggers and readers who have these incredible photos with wonderful filters or like a running theme of color. And no matter what I do, I seem incapable of doing anything like that. Apparently I am not that good at color branding. <laughs> And I, in fact, if you flick through my feed, I have changed colours like a million times and it's just, it's just a mishmash of, of yeah. <laughs> Now I did used to like Instagram. I have kind of fallen out with it because I don't like that they started changing the algorithm because you used to get the feed in chronological order. So you'd see quite a lot of things, unless you have one person who put a million pictures up on one day, in which case I'd unfollow immediately. But you, you used to get a lot of different things to see throughout the day. And then they changed it. And I think it became the more popular people or things that were getting more engagement. You ended up seeing more of like the influencer stuff. And I'm not talking like the big influencer, even just like slightly more influential than some other Instagrammers because they got the most likes, because they had the most comments. And it, it, I don't know, it just, it became not as enjoyable. And then I also don't like the notifications. I've probably mentioned this in another episode, but I will bitch about it again because it really annoys me. They shove everything into the notifications. So you see, you have a list that has comments, likes, follows. They now give you other people's follows. So you're following you know, person A, and person A has apparently followed person B, so do you want to follow person B? And it's like, no, I'll find my own people to follow. And they just clog up your notifications. And if it's all about engagement, which apparently it is, how are you supposed to respond to people who actually want to leave messages and comments if you're just trolling through all this garbage? I just, I, I don't think whoever created and has amended Instagram throughout the years is doing a piss poor job because honestly, I don't see it being as beneficial as it used to be. I know they're doing the whole, you know, you can buy things directly on Instagram and all this. But for the rest of us who don't really do that, who don't want to buy things on Instagram, I personally don't. I mean, if there's people out there, that's great, but I don't want to do that. And I think a lot of people don't. I'd just like it to, to be a little bit more user-friendly, a bit more easier to read comments and respond to comments and give us back our chronological order. No, it's true, though. I mean... I was a little biased in the in uh, the beginning too because I do enjoy Twitter more than Instagram because it is more user friendly and 
Facebook now owns Instagram. And I think because of that, Instagram is going downhill. And uh, for obvious reasons, Facebook is not on this list for this episode because we both don't like it. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, but that was actually one of the things that I forgot. <laughs> that doesn't work. I've literally just complained about Instagram. So I, so. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about Facebook. I'm talking about Facebook. There are some good points to Instagram because, you know, you can have more freedom with it visually. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you can be more aesthetic and things like that. But as you said, one thing we didn't talk about with Twitter was, you know, on the homepage, it'll, for some reason, it defaults to the more popular tweets, but you can change that and say, I want to see my most recent tweets. You can't do that on Instagram, which you just explained this. I mean, maybe you can, and we haven't figured it out yet, but if we can't (laughs) figure it out, then they need to make it easier. And that I don't like because the whole thing is with Instagram, the lifespan of an Instagram post is about 48 hours, which is way better than a tweet. But they say that the average posting on Twitter should be about 15 tweets a day, whereas Instagram should only be one or two posts per day. And not everybody posts just once or twice. Some people post five times or 10 or 15. And it's it clogs up the feed and there's no way to, um, to organize it. Yeah. So with that said, I think, you know, to kind of get back to our original point, I think Instagram can be great for writers. I mean, it's an awesome platform for cover reveals. Yeah. But, you know, I think in, in terms of actually sharing your writing and things like that and finding that writing community, it's really not, it's, it's not that great. As I said earlier, there's a huge book blogger community on Instagram. So if you're looking for reviews and you, or you're just looking to, you know, increase that ever growing TBR pile, then yeah, by all means, look on Instagram and type in bookstagram or book bloggers or book reviewers or anything. And a lot of people will come up. So in terms of marketing your book, it's better. But for finding that writing community, I don't think it's as effective as Twitter. No, no, definitely not. But to go on to another platform that is pretty much mostly visual again is Pinterest. And technically, Pinterest is not a social media platform, but you can still engage with others and it's an easier way to get your book out there rather than trying to rank high on Google. And mm-hmm. you, can, you can follow others, you can follow their whole Pinterest, or you can follow their individual boards. And you can, there is a search bar, you can look up, you know, other people who pin in the same like genre as you and you know, as I said, it, it's it's more of a search engine. So if you're looking for research, you can easily do that through Pinterest and it will link to all these awesome blog posts or websites or anything that you need. But you can also take a look at who originally posted that pin or who repinned it. And you can take a look at their boards and you can, you know, dive deeper into your research or you can find some new writer friends in your genre. 
And I also just want to add that the average lifespan of a pin, I actually did my research before recording this episode, guys. The average lifespan of a pin is three and a half months. And okay, I did not know that. Literally, like everybody is on Pinterest and the amount of repins that you get, it just prolongs that lifespan. So if you have a book that, you know, you want to spread the word about, just upload a pin, link it to, you know, your website or your Amazon or directly to Amazon and people will repin it. And granted, I feel like repins are a lot higher than the actual click rate, but Mm. it still spreads the word. And there will be a handful of people here and there who actually click on the pin and will read whatever it is. Uh, I have to, I have to say, I find Pinterest is often underappreciated by writers. I don't know if it's because we obviously use the words, the words. I don't know if it's because we use words more than imagery in general, because we're writers, not artists. But it's still a really impressive platform. It's got the visuality. Not sure if that's a word, but it is now. The visuality of Instagram, but with a better, more responsive algorithm. And because it's a search engine, you have a great control of people seeing your pins with the use of strong titles and descriptions with keywords. And I think even alt text on pictures can be quite useful. It can take time to get used to it and to curate your own boards. But there are actually plenty of courses online, a lot of which are free that could help you get the, make the most out of Pinterest and give you lots of advice. One of, the, one of the things I like about Pinterest is while there are comments and people can, you know, there are notifications and people can reach out to you, it doesn't happen very often. And I am fine with that. I don't really need people commenting on things. I, I think I found more spam in the comments than anything else on Pinterest. But again, it's not a social media platform. It's a search engine. So yeah, take it with a grain and of salt. To be honest, there's always a lot of drama in the in the pin comments, and sometimes it's just not yep. worth the effort to even like look at them. Right. Um, one one thing I would say is if if you're a blogger or, or anything like that, and you are pinning to Pinterest, when you have a graphic for your pin, make sure it has the URL of your website on the graphic, because there is such a thing as pin hijacking, where someone will sort of manage to get your picture and then we'll change the, the you know they'll repin it and they'll change the url so if somebody clicks on it thinking oh i really want to know about this and then it takes us takes them to some spammy website and it's quite upsetting because sometimes you'll be like i really wanted to re- read about that article or that tutorial but i don't know where it's from but if you put the url if someone does hijack the pin the person looking at it can go back and then just type the url in and it does work because i've done that so many times if i found a pin that's been hijacked i will if i really really want to read it i will go and type in the url it just just keeps things a bit nicer again i think it's another one of those where it does take a bit of time and but it can work for you and you don't have to be a published author you don't have to have book covers to show you can just pin other visuals you can create aesthetics you can create um boards that have got like landscape in, uh, images that connect to your world you could create one about um historical figures if you write historical fantasy create a board for historical figures and put details up about them it's and, and i think pinterest is underrated because people spend hours on it and yes i appreciate people spend hours on instagram and twitter it's not the same because the rabbit hole of pinterest is deeper 
and we'll suck you in completely. Whereas I think people get a bit bored of Twitter and Instagram and we'll put the phone down and do something else. Whereas, you know, you can waste an entire day on Pinterest, just skimming through. And it's so easy to pin. It's like quick, quick things to pin, quick to put them in boards. And then if you ever remember to go back and check those boards, don't know how many people do that. <laughs> but it's, it is always there. And as you said, they last for ages and they can just keep reappearing. I mean, I'm still getting... Um, pins of my blog posts from years ago they still pop up there's such money pinned your things so much money such money so yeah it's it definitely needs to be used more it's a it's a good system even even if nothing else just for driving traffic back to your twitter account back to your website to your youtube channel so yeah yeah the possibilities really are endless with pinterest i mean Obviously, I actually just recently found this out. If you're promoting a blog post or something, it's nice to have a couple of pins, but give them a different design and maybe a different picture as well so that they look unique. So that way, if somebody sees it, they can like it and repin it or somebody else might see the other version and it won't look as spammy. But with Pinterest, I mean, on, on Twitter, if you post something, somebody can retweet it. On Instagram, somebody can share it to their story. But on Pinterest, you don't have to be the one to share your pin. If you're promoting a blog post and you have these pins in your blog post and you leave a note that says, hey, pin this, believe it or not, people do will do that. They will click on the image and they will pin it themselves, which is what Pinterest likes. They like it when other people pin your stuff rather than you pinning your own stuff over and over again yeah and that that's what gains more traffic to your pinterest account to your website to whatever else you're linking one thing i have to say is if you want to make the most out of social media definitely look into learning about it and not just learning by doing which is important you do need to do that mm -hmm. but each of these pro each of these platforms has a very specific set of, of rules if you will like you can use hashtags on pinterest doesn't work well if you use loads of hashtags they're not a big fan of that they work well with certain types of keywords they but they don't like keyword stuffing whereas twitter you know you've got three hashtags work better than any more than that if you do too many they can kind of get a bit freaked out you know there's different ways of doing things different ways of posting at different times just take some time to learn what works the best otherwise you literally are wasting your time and people might never see your stuff because it'll either get flagged as spam or it just won't have the same look you know so it is important to, to take a little bit of time I know it's boring it is always boring learning about things like social media but just you know they'll go on Pinterest type in best ways of using Twitter? How can I, you know, increase my Pinterest uh, engagement? Things like that. And there are tons and tons of articles out there from people who have done this and, and found all these little sneaky things. I mean, like, like Rachel said about the, you could change Twitter into like a chronological feed. I found that out recently. And I've been on Twitter since 2016. So, there's always new things to learn so that you can get in top, get on top of the, the stuff now rather than learning it years later. <laughs> it helps. It really does help. Well, you know, you have to do the research too, because social media, it's, it's not a one and done thing. It's constantly evolving and constantly changing. 
I mean, one of the big, you know, selling points of Instagram are the Instagram stories. Now those, you know, while your Instagram picture lasts about 48 hours, your story is up there for 24 hours. But the thing is, that's not right in people's faces. It's not on their feed. They have to actually see that you posted a story and they have to click on it. And there's no one guarantee that they will do that. But now Twitter has hopped on that wagon and with fleets. And I'm pretty sure those last about a tw- about 24 hours as well. But nobody I follow on Twitter, well, that's a lie, not nobody, but like, I've only seen like one or two people I follow on Twitter actually use it. So obviously, yeah. if you're going to post a story, Twitter's not going to be the best answer. And the same thing with Pinterest. Pinterest actually recently started doing stories as well. And I follow a ton of people on Pinterest and none of them, I can actually say none of them use the Pinterest stories. Yeah, It's like you have to, like, once you figure one thing out about these social media platforms, you need to keep doing the research and you need to grow with the platform or else you're going to get lost pretty quickly. And one way to keep up with your social media is to use uh, scheduling tools. I mean, they cost a pretty penny, but Buffer is great for Twitter. Later is okay for Instagram. I haven't really found a good Instagram scheduling tool yet. Um, and Tailwind is fabulous for print, for Pinterest, but that's pricey. Well, they, they're all kind of pricey. But if you can take the time and invest in it, it's definitely, it's, it's worth it. It'll save you so much time. If you're going to be, you know, talking to other writers and sharing your books and their books, you need to have a presence and be consistent with it, which is harder than it sounds (laughs) yeah and not just be present like putting things on you have to actually contact and connect with people and the problem is a lot of these sites they suck you in and you can waste hours which is why schedule which is why we often go on about schedulers because if you're not having to be on the platform just to post it means you can limit how much time you're spending on social media because I, I do believe that we spend way too much time in these places. Oh, yeah. They're not always healthy to be on these places that often. You know, there's the the concept of um, comparison has has increased and people having envy and, and jealousy over other people and feeling bad about themselves, their work, their looks. All of this is increased with things like social media. So the longer you spend on it. Is, it's not brilliantly healthy. So using a scheduler reduces how much time because the stuff you're posting is on the scheduler. That's where you put it. And then it, it does it, hopefully, most of them do it automatically. Instagram, I don't know, most of them seem to insist you have to go onto Instagram to publish it. Yeah. But it does, it does reduce your time. And I think that's a really good bonus. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Because that's the other thing, as you said, you need to know when to take a break because... The bottom line is the social media is not going anywhere. Your the community is not going anywhere. Your book's not going anywhere. So sometimes you got to know when to take a step back. I think we covered what we could in this episode. Granted, the question was which social media platform is the best for writers, and we kind of went on, you know, a little off topic talking about the pros and cons of each platform. So with that said, I think Twitter is 
simple to use, it's user-friendly, and there is a wonderful writing community on there. And there are so many things that writers can do with the hashtag games, aside from just marketing. Whereas Instagram is less user-friendly and seems to be more of a book community than a writing community. But you can find fellow writers, of course. And then Pinterest, just get on Pinterest if you're not on Pinterest already. Just do it. I, you know, that's just fabulous. You definitely utilize that more if you don't already. So with that said, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Do let us know which social media platform you think is the best for writers in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag The Merry Writer Podcast. Yay, more hashtags. If you want to get some extra content, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Merry Writer Podcast. You can support the show. And for as little as $1 a month, you can get bonus content, including mini episodes, such as this one. We will be doing a mini episode to go along with this episode, talking about a couple of other social media platforms. So if you'd like to hear that, then definitely go check out our Patreon. And tune in next week for another episode of the Merry Writer Podcast, where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Writing Distractions. We're stalling on our work in progresses. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.